Good day, everybody. This is Zachary Kameen, the Curious Christian, and these are Curious Conversations. So before we get started, I wanted to uh, say how much I appreciate your joining me in this conversation, being willing to uh, take time out of your day so that, or um, add this to your uh, playlist to be able to enjoy this in the background. Uh, and I wanted to uh, say how much I appreciate some of your feedback. Many of you guys have uh, messaged me, emailed me, and I wanted to say uh, thank you. Uh, and your guys' suggestions uh, have been greatly appreciated. Uh, so far, uh, it seems like the segment style that I've been uh, proposing the past few uh, past few podcasts has been a success so because of this uh, I will continue until people tell me uh, Zachary please stop please stop we can't handle it anymore so until uh, I do get that uh, I want to say enjoy the conversation and pour some coffee Something's been on my mind for quite a couple of days now, and I, now I feel like talking about it, uh, especially <laughs> with yesterday. Uh, I don't know if this pod or this episode will get through, because every time I've tried to address this issue, uh, it appears that uh, God doesn't want it to be up because uh, for some reason the audio doesn't want to uh, uh, go through in the uh, podcast app that I use. And it's probably for the best of those because uh know in dealing with this issue you want to get it right it's probably good to do three takes on such as such issues as this but right now I am riding my bike to work it is a balmy 22 degrees uh, very little wind which is awesome uh, but, I mean, when you're riding your bike, you have your own wind resistance, so it can be pretty chilly. Uh, been working out or running to work past this past week on Monday and yesterday. So uh, today is actually the first day that I'm riding my bike, hence the segment uh my my daughter wanted me to start wearing a helmet so that she'd feel safer or she'd she'd feel like i'm safer so finally rocking a bike helmet for safety first and all that um 
If I sound muffled, that's because I have my scarf over my uh, mouth to uh, keep the wind away or the air away so I don't get frostbitten. Plus, got my uh, Army iPro that has some pretty sweet anti fog technology to uh, wear so that my eyes are protected from the wind. So, the, on Facebook, I was chit chatting with a lady who, or scratch that, I was scrolling through my Facebook and saw somebody uh, post a pro LGBTQ uh, meme and it was basically uh, basically saying that Jesus would support the LGBT community and uh, Christians need to uh, get with the picture get with the program as it were my uh attitude or so I simply responded you know because you know it, it said something like you know what do you say about that Christians type of thing so I said well I would say let's do a Bible study you know if the script if this meme is claiming and this person was claiming that uh, There is, uh, you know, that scripture supports LGBT. Well, let's do a Bible study. And of course, uh, especially one granny, one old lady who was most foul, had a sailor's tongue, uh, went off on me saying, you know, GD this, you know, you're a blah, 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 bigot, blah, blah, blah. You're a terrible human being. Uh, and again, this lady's a grandma, so I'm assuming that she's not gay. She's not a uh, lesbian. Uh, I never understand uh, why non-LGBT people will get so outraged with me when my actual uh, LSBT uh, friends do not get outraged by all of this. They don't get outraged by uh, anything that I say. If I was to say to them, you know, uh, let's do a Bible study, they said, okay, let's do it. And they'll go with me. They'll see that scripture says what it says. And that's that.
but I noticed that a lot of, especially grannies who have a mama bear disorder will uh, quickly get all up in arms at me and I think it's unwarranted. But so this is a big bigger discussion but the biggest discussion is I, my attitude was well let's do a Bible study to see whether or not the claims are true. Yeah. What would Jesus have been? And, and the attitude that they had was, uh, well, I know what scriptures you're going to bring up, and I reject those scriptures. So right at that moment, what does that tell you? When somebody says the Bible supports homosexuality, and then you say, or any sin, right? Uh, say idolatry, worshiping other gods, uh, or racism, or uh, bigotry. It supports bigotry, or it supports slavery, or it supports what ha you know, it supports abortion. You know, pick your favorite sin. It supports fornication. It supports, and then I say, well, let's do a Bible study. Right. Let's do a Bible study. And your immediate, your knee-jerk reaction is, okay, as long as we leave out these passages of the Bible from our studies, well then, right there, you are saying that it's not that the scriptures support your favorite sin. It's that you support your favorite sin, whether God supports it or not. And this is very telling. And I didn't push her. I didn't say anything rude. I mean, I said that she was being very judgmental of me and my church because she said terrible things about my church. Because she said she wanted to meet at a gay bar to do the Bible study. I told her, let's meet at First Presbyterian Church in Trenton, Michigan on Sunday morning. She got a kick out of that and said that Jesus wouldn't be there and blah, blah, blah. My church is a terrible church. She's never been there, so she is, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, and she... She, I, I bring her, bring up this lady, and I don't want to mention her name because I didn't get permission to get her name, and I doubt she'd give me permission to use her name. But that's okay. The issue is still the issue, and the issue doesn't just stop with uh, homosexuality. It goes with divorce. It uh, follows in line with. Uh, adultery falls in line with fornication with uh, I, I don't remember if I mentioned abortion but abortion no. uh, you can 
there are lines that can be drawn and where they say God can go this far and no further. All he can do is make me feel good and I reject the grace of shame. That's right, the grace of shame. The grace of feeling bad about what you've done. The grace of guilt. The grace of conviction. If a man... The Bible does not just teach against homosexuality. It also teaches against metrosexuality. It teaches against this silly, hipster, foo-foo, drink a latte, eat some tofu, uh, you know, nonsense. Uh, scripture teaches against uh, ladies in the military. Scripture teaches against men dressing in drag. Scripture teaches against adultery and divorce. Uh, and it goes you know, on and on. And her point, and I didn't want to argue with her because it wouldn't have mattered. But if, if she was willing to listen, I would have said, and I, I'll share this podcast so that she can listen. So ma'am, you say that because the church does not stress all sins, then it can't stress this sin. But why not go the other way? Why not? My argument would be we should uh, preach against all the sins. Should preach against uh, should preach against adultery. Um, vehemently preach against fornication vehemently preach against pornography vehemently preach against uh, a divorce vehemently you know and you go on and on and that being said we should not ma'am the church is not called to treat every sin as equally bad. There are some sins that are worse than others. Envy and malice is bad. And enmity is bad. But murder and stealing are worse. Lust and uh, the desire or lust and the coveting of another man's wife is bad. Adultery is worse. Killing is, is not bad or evil. Sex is not evil in itself. Killing is not evil unto itself. The acquiring of goods is not evil into itself. The desire for things is not evil unto itself. 
the the desire of your brother's goods is evil. The desire for another man's wife is evil. The desire to have sex with and the actual implementation or the application of those desires of sexual desire um, towards a woman that's not your wife is evil. Those things are evil and those things should be preached against. And and preached against in their due place. Uh, I agree with you that there are some sins that are on the same level as homosexuality that should be preached against just as heavily. And in my church, it is. It is preached against heavily all of the sins if you ever attend my church, you'll notice that there is a confession of sin at the beginning of service. And we go through the Ten Commandments. And when we get to thou shalt not commit adultery, homosexuality is repented of and confessed along with all of the other sexual sins with the same breath and in the same tone with the same indignation and uh, conviction. So, my dear lady and anyone else to whom may be listening, do not be a hypocrite. You judge the church, you judge Christ, you judge Christ's bride for things she has not done, accusing her of things that she has not committed, making yourself like the devil who accuses the saints day and night. If you desire to sit in the place of the devil, then so be it. But let me step aside in your condemnation. You say you are tight with Jesus, that's fine, so are the demons. In fact, they knew Jesus better than his disciples, and they shuddered. You, on the other hand, reject his teachings wholesale. You may say you're tight with Jesus. You may say that you know him better than most, and that you know the scriptures better than both, or most. But is, is it not written? Have you not heard that those who keep his commandments and teach others to do the same will be great in the kingdom of heaven? And those who do not keep the commandments and teach others to do the same will be considered least. And that you... Your righteousness must exceed the scribes and the Pharisees, or else you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. My dear sister, for you claim Christ, you need to repent of your false teaching. You need to repent of your idolatrous ways and your false view of Christ. 
You need to come to Jesus, drink some coffee, and continue the conversation. Still rolling right along with the bike ride and listening to a message by Brother Vody Bacham, a faithful brother in the Lord to whom I will uh, commend to you and listening to his message against uh, cultural Marxism, that being the uh, intentional manipulation of hypothetical divisions or theoretical divisions in our culture, but for the purpose of bringing down a system. Uh, this is seen uh, in the intersectional intersectionality theory of political correctness theory. Uh, these are things, and so he, he addresses how should a Christian, how should a pastor uh, deal with these things? How should a Christian culture address these things and react to these things and relate to these things? But, and he did this message um, at the Founders Conference in 2019 in January. And so I commend that to you, the Founders Conference 2019, and listen to his message on cultural Marxism. But the point that matters to me that he made is close to the end where he applies it, where he says that there is a problem in our church if a white brother or sister cannot come to or scratch that because it, it wasn't just in reference to white people to black to white brothers to black brothers or whatever it was if if there is something between brothers that makes it to where they that makes it to where when a brother is in sin, another brother is afraid to address their sin in a loving fashion, and there's something wrong. So for instance, if I seen sin in when my br black brothers and sisters 
Uh, and my knee-jerk reaction is I can't say anything um, or else I'll be called a racist and there's something wrong. Or if my black brother or sister uh, sees sin in my own life and is afraid to say something because they fear that I am a racist, then there's something wrong. Uh, there should be nothing that holds us from calling each other out on our sin and calling each other to repentance. Absolutely nothing. It is a beautiful day. Uh, this is a different day than yesterday's segment. Or the segment before this was done yesterday. This one's uh, done today. And so it's like a 20 degree difference between the days. Uh, yesterday, the whole roads were covered with ice, which made things interesting. Now everything's flooded, which makes things interesting also. But still get my bike ride on. But back to the point, if I see idolatry in my brother's life, but I'm afraid to say something because it's not, because it's African idols and he has African totems and gods and goddesses in his house and I'm afraid to call that out because of knowing that he will simply disregard me as a racist then there's something wrong similarly if he fears that if he was to call me out on idolatry because he's afraid that uh, or because those are English or European uh, gods or goddesses and so he's afraid to call me out on my idolatry and that's a problem. We ha have a problem in our culture as I addressed in the last segment of this cultural Marxism that makes it to where nobody can say, let's have a Bible study. In fact, we have a problem when we have to say it like that. So obviously the reason why um, with the lady that I was referring to yesterday, or last segment, so a few seconds ago, uh, I wanted to call her out on her wrong view of sin and her wrong view of her idolatrous view of the Lord Jesus. I wanted to call her out on it by doing a Bible study. But there's a problem already there where 
our culture is such that I feel that it'd be necessary to not just come out and say, uh, you're wrong, that's idolatry to have that view of the Lord Jesus, and you need to repent. And so for that, I'm wrong, because I should have, since she claims to be a Christian, should have been willing and bold enough to call her out on it. But it was on Facebook and not face-to-face, so I didn't feel that it was even appropriate to do such things. Because you should rebuke each other face-to-face if necessary. And whatnot. Or not if necessary, but that is by far most preferred. And, yeah. So, all good things. All good things. Um, it is extremely windy outside today. And, yeah. I'm curious on what your views are as far as uh, systemic racism. Uh, Do you believe that because I am a white Christian American male uh, with a wife and three kids that I'm in some ways privileged by a sort of homogenistic systemic racism? If so, why? Uh, I'd love to have that conversation. Uh, And if you're a believer, if you've been baptized, and if you are uh, a Christian and have been, have received Christian baptism, I would love to ask, uh, are you willing to call me out on my own sin in in my own life? And if not, why? If you're not willing to address the sin in my life, what is your reason? Uh, And is it because of uh, one of those homogenistic things? Uh, Bodhibaka made an interesting uh, point <clears throat> that because he's a, a black brother from a very hard part of town from a single mom and uh, you know he's the stere- the the, uh, the stereotypical urban uh, black upbringing from uh, South uh, Los Angeles. He says that uh, he has the uh, benefit of being able to call out uh, the sins of his black brothers, uh, sins of black leaders, because it's hard for them, because they can't say that he's a 
a racist. He, he says that they call him a sellout and an Uncle Tom, but they can't um, totally dis discredit him or disregard him or dis uh, dismantle his arguments by saying that he's, you know, uh, some just just some white brother or whatever, or some uh, black hater, or racist or whatever. And he says that this is a problem, but he made a point that uh, the Lord Jesus was probably of the Pharisee group because of the way he treated the Pharisees. Uh, he said also, you know, in 33 years, it's hard to believe that after 33 years, the Lord Jesus wouldn't have picked a side. And since the Pharisees were the closest to orthodoxy, and in fact, some, if not many, of the Pharisees were orthodox. Uh, the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee and became orthodox. The uh, many in the Council of Jerusalem in the Book of Acts, I believe Acts 16, were a Pharisees uh, so they had their own sin that needed to be addressed and Paul and Peter addressed them during that council and uh, and so his point is that the Lord Jesus certainly you know uh, the way that the Lord Jesus went at the scribes and Pharisees um he says, you can only go at somebody like that so many times if you're not a part of their party. And so his attitude is, if a, he says, unfortunately, if you're a white man, you cannot go after the sins of black leaders without getting crucified on the spot nearly. But you can go after the sins of uh, white brothers, obviously, if you're a white man. Uh, but his point is, since he's a black black man, he can go after black leaders. And so that's why he thinks that um, the Lord Jesus was probably a part of the uh, Pharisee group because of his... Uh, the opportunity of being able to call him out. <clears throat> All right. Got another like seven minutes of bike grooving till I get to work. Uh, this is a necessary conversation. I will uh, call out a certain book at the or at the end of this that I think is terrible and should be uh, repudiated in the black community, and that is the book entitled "The Invisible Man." Uh, I have read it. And it is most foul. It is. It teaches a form of black nihilism that is dangerous and destructive. 
and unfortunately has influenced a large portion of your black leadership. Many black pastors are fans of uh, the invisible man and that is not good. Uh, if you read it, uh, you I, I would say you can read it, but read it, my brothers and sisters, not as a book from a friend, but as the deceiver seeking to entice you. Because the whole purpose of the book is to get into your head that the whole system's rigged against you and you have no power here. But God, God says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore go into all nations, preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. So, therefore, if you're a believer, if you have heard the gospel and have received the gospel and have received baptism, <coughs> then it does not matter what your views or what their views are. As Ecclesiastes 12 says, do not read too much for my words are sufficient. That's a paraphrase. But all wisdom is found in this. Fear the Lord and keep his commandments. In all writings, that would sway you or entice you to do otherwise is from the devil and must be treated as such. Do not be conformed to the patterns of that wicked book of the invisible man, but be transformed by the removing of your mind by the teaching of the God-man. Well, that's it for today's conversation. I hope you enjoyed listening as I enjoyed speaking. Uh, but if you are an absolute desire and frantic a need of more uh, curious conversation topics and information, uh, you can go on my blog and read uh, my, some of the articles on there, or you can you know skip down, or you can skip up to another one of my episodes. Uh, please be um, willing to give a good review, a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, put in a nice review for me. If you'd be so kind, it'll help with getting 
my podcast more and more known and so that more people can join the conversation. If you would like um, to interact with me and have some dialogue and some one-on-one curious conversations, um, please do not hesitate to email me at ZacharyKameen at Yahoo.com. Be sure to put down uh, curious conversations in the subject heading so that I know uh, that it is you. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Zachary Kameen, or you can follow me or add me on Facebook at Zachary Kameen. Until then, until next time, God bless guys, take care, and drink some coffee and come to Jesus. It's Curious Conversations.